happening everybody we got justin in the house today hello what's up guys who is justin the man man behind the delicious beer oh my god i have some i'm gonna make my kids bring me one right now you're gonna you're gonna drink one of those beers right now heck yeah well it's a seltzer it's really good Oh, oh you make seltzers too yeah yeah actually we're we're kind of going to make this an off brand also. So we're, uh, we make sour beer, we make all types of beers, but we're going to be doing a lot of seltzer because that shit sells well. So. Yeah, it's definitely the thing right now. And in fact, I'm drinking one right now as well. I mean, I don't really want to advertise it too no, much, but <laughs> I'm also, man, it seems like everybody's kind of um, trying to get on the, the seltzer hype right now. Do you think it'll last? Do you think that people are going to want seltzer 10 years from now? You know, I, I, I'm not sure where the market's going to go. And it's funny because my business partner is like not against the idea of starting a seltzer company because it's going to be a separate brand for us. He seems to think that it's not, but all the numbers and all the projections dictate that in the next five years, at least we're going to have probably a two to three X um, increase in seltzer production sales across the board. So this is kind of one of those, you know, the low calorie stuff, the more people kind of realize beer, beer just makes you fat and it's fucking hard to drink beer all the time. Um, the more seltzers are getting, you know, super popular nowadays. So it's, it's definitely super healthy. I mean, I, I feel healthier when I drink it. And, and like you said, it's not man, a fucking green smoothie. He's all, it's not a green smoothie. It's super healthy. I no, I didn't mean healthy. It like healthy might be a stretch. Healthy might be a stretch, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's still alcohol, which is sugar. But it can't yeah, be the too hangover much of a stretch a if it's only like a hundred calories, though, right? Because isn't right. like calories what make people fat? For sure, but alcohol is sugar. Alcohol will will turn into sugar in your body, so it's the sugar that'll get you. But still, much less than much less than you know other stuff. Ours is seven percent though, so you know. Is it? Oh, that's interesting. Seven percent. Oh, you're trying to get people drunk, drunk, huh? (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not going after this. Like you know, the seltzer game is all four or five percent. I'm not trying to do that. We're trying to make it big. Yeah, he's not trying to sell us water. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to I'm, definitely, definitely uh, come, come and try to that seltzer right now. Literally, like they're like, sure. I'm like, you got one, you got one coming to your, uh, your, your, your pod area right now, Stella. Fuck yeah, I do. I'm kind of jelly. I'm kind of jelly. Right here. Oh snap! And the super I, salsa pink guava. Oh yeah, yeah. most people yeah, say yeah. guava. I call it guayaba. Still, I don't guayaba know is that like, like the it, actual way to say it? No, well maybe it's just the Spanish way. I was gonna. Say. That can't I still be right. say mango, so I don't say mango. I say mango, so it's just how Dude, I was raised to talk. Sorry, my bad. So I want to know, like, is the process of making seltzer like 10 times easier than the process of making beer? Because the process of making beer has got to be the most complicated process of all time. Okay, okay. Number one, it's not. It, it's not fucking easy. It takes a long time to learn. But uh, like I was just sitting down with my my buddy who's a basically a microbiologist for for uh, McKellar uh, Brewing Company down in San Diego. That shit's fucking difficult. What he does is difficult, but beer is not that bad. But yeah, seltzer is definitely like 10 times easier. I mean, literally my brew day for a regular beer, we're talking eight hours, you know, from start to finish with cleanup. Seltzer I can knock out in three three hours. That's not fermentation time. That's just the actual day of. Uh, but yeah, once you get it locked in and dialed in, which, you know, took us a couple batches, but now it's like, it's easy for us. So how long does it take from like start to finish to like start a beer? And then by the time you release it? Um, yeah. So like I said, brew day, eight hours. And then from there, you're putting it into a fermenter. It's going to be in there for anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on alcohol. So the higher the alcohol, the longer it's going to take to get through all those sugars. Um, and so you're looking at like maybe three to to five weeks, depending on what you're making. 
but we but we do barrel aged sour beer and that we'll we'll leave them in barrels for 12 to 18 months oh wow before we yeah so it's a little bit different of a process yeah it takes a long fucking time it's probably a dumb business decision to do that but (laughs) oh dude it's whatever like if there's any time to be a micro brewer like it's right now you know like uh yeah yeah i mean actually it's like there's a lot of opportunity right now um with every with everything that kind of went down you know when things go down opportunities are going to present themselves so there's all mm-hmm. types of stuff closing down um and kind of just the market was in a little bit of a, a weird phase so we kind of realized that and now this is where we're going to try to make our push as a business in general so still saturated though still a lot of breweries yeah, out there lot. there's a lot i feel Especially like you got to have like a real passion for for making beer to actually get in that business because i because of how much time it takes and everything right mm-hmm Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I was homebrewing for five, four or five years and trying to just get a job in the industry, but like this industry fucking sucks. It's so hard. Like the work is so hard. It's not, it's like a young, young man's game for sure. Or somebody who, you know, at least stays in physical shape. Cause you're, you're hucking 55 pound sacks around You're, you know, lifting kegs that are super heavy. Um, the pay sucks. That's that's honestly why I wanted to start the, the brewery because I was like, I mean, I wanted to start a brewery before I even started working in a brewery, but I just knew there was no longevity to me being a brewer forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to have passion and uh, it's, it's very difficult, so. You're good at what you do. I literally haven't tasted one beer that I didn't like. Oh, thanks, Bella. And I'm not just saying that, like I'm literally a beer brat and I like I haven't like I've tried some sours of yours before I think I've tried a stout and yep. that shit is delicious like really good like you are oh. talented you you do what you do well I appreciate I'm a fan I I appreciate that been doing it for, for nine years now professionally so it's you know takes a while that's it, super dope. Hey, man. So I, I grew up in a city. Um, I don't know if you heard of Fairfield, California before, but in uh-huh. Fairfield, California, um, that's where Anheuser-Busch is. And it's mm-hmm. one of the, the main factories that they have. Right. <clears throat> and so in this city, you could smell the hops in the air for like miles away. And a lot of people hate the smell. Right. I actually grew to love the smell. And when I smell it, I'm just like, mm. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, you probably feel the same, right? Like when you smell the hops, just like, you know, cooking or how whatever process they go through, you probably love that smell, huh? Like almost like an addiction, huh? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I remember I was walking down the street. This was, I don't know, 10 plus years ago with my ex and we were walking through Denver and I just remember that fucking smell the same smell that I would, I would smell during homebrews. And we were, you know, two blocks away from this brewery and I'm like, Oh, let's, you know, let's go there. But every time, you know, every time we, we mash in, which is, you know, you're, you're basically making a big cereal. There's, there's a smell to it. Every time you add the hops. I mean, when I come in the next day, I can smell the fermentation as soon as I walk into the building. It's, it's all, you know, it's, it's going to be nostalgia someday right now. It's just, it's, it's awesome. It's a good experience for sure. Do you think that like every, everybody has like the same, like kind of like process in making beer, like the same, like typical process, just everybody like does different ingredients, obviously, and and things of that sort, a little bit more of one thing more than the other, or is there like a a typical process that most people follow? Tip, there's definitely a typical process that most people follow. We can, we can go into a couple different things here, but yeah, so pretty much we all have the same process when it comes to making beer because there really is you know scientifically there's only one way to extract the sugars from the malt and you know you have to boil it to kill off the the bad bacteria and wild yeast and everything so generally it's all the same um but it also comes down to what equipment you have you know i mean honestly this is why homebrew tastes like shit everybody brings me homebrew not that i'm saying don't bring me homebrew by the way you want to bring me homebrew fine just be prepared for me to be somewhat brutally honest. Most people are cool with that. <laughs> no, in advance, like, you know, 
and sometimes I do get brought good homebrew, but when you have the equipment as a professional brewer, um, and there's levels to it, you know, like at my scale, um, and I'm coming from a, a much larger brewery to a small brewery and I don't have all the toys that, you know, that I kind of want. So yeah, it's, it's technique, which is pretty much the same across the board. It's what equipment you have that makes the biggest difference. And like the big boys, you know, it's like around here, around San Diego, Stone, Lost Abbey, uh, St. Archer, you know, Ballast Point. These guys have, have ridiculous equipment and it just, it makes your life a lot easier. So that's the difference. Um, nowadays though, so the other part of this is people who have been fucking beer up for the past five years mm-hmm. and starting to add, you know, candy bars and lollipops and and making them taste just like straight fruit puree and really really taking taking kind of the soul away from beer Mm -hmm. like i'm cool with making a seltzer but i'm not going to give you something that literally tastes like a jamba juice and has four percent alcohol and call it a beer so that's kind of you know that's kind of where people have been differentiating their brewing lately and i'm not a big fan of it so that's good i I feel like people will appreciate that go ahead stella is that like 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 ciders or are you referring more to like corona refrescas which aren't seltzers or beers it's just basically no. like a soda nope <laughs> nope this is all this is all in like the craft beer game now oh. so um a lot of smaller breweries um and it's exploding so people are we're kind of dumbing down the market a little bit mm-hmm. i don't want i don't want to get too technical on this stuff but i'm happy to go right. as deep okay. into it as you guys want um, but people have been producing these, what they would call, so like typically you're going to go through your fermentation, you're going to put it into a packaging tank, you're going to carbonate it. So it's nice and, you know, effervescent, you got those bubbles on there and then you're going to package it. People are going all the way to that end process. And right before they package, they throw in a thousand pounds of fruit puree and it's unfermented. So it's just pure fucking sugar it pours like a jamba juice you know as you drink it it looks like there's juice going down the sides mm-hmm. and that's, that's just with not beer so you, you you guys honestly probably haven't heard of it but it's a it's a big thing around the craft beer industry that uh, a lot of my friends in the industry are hating on so i'm gonna keep looking out now <laughs> so that sounds like a, a tough industry man i love just being a fan of beer and I, I could only imagine what it would be like to actually be in the industry because like enjoying like your typical like your buddy making some um home brew or whatever and come bringing it to you you're like oh dude and then you start like criticizing it right like there was probably one point though when one of your buddies would bring a home brew and you're like oh dang dude now you're like oh yeah bro <laughs> For sure. No, a hundred percent. And that's, that's the problem with being in the industry is you get, you know, you kind of get jaded, um, understanding the inner workings of everything and like kind of seeing and being like, that's bullshit. You know, I don't like how that, I don't like certain things about the industry. I love this industry though. It's, it's super cool, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, the typical beer drinker isn't going to really understand. Um, so, but it, overall I fucking love, I love the industry in general. It's what would Justin fun. 10 years deep in the industry tell Justin just starting off in the industry? Quit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, I, I don't think if I had another choice, the only thing I would say is get your shit together sooner because that was, you know, that, that gave me like a, the, kind of middle when I was, you know, actually like I'll, I'll be fully upfront with you guys. I was going through a divorce. Everything was kind of fucking shitty in my life. I'm drinking a whole bunch, just not doing, not being super healthy. The one good thing is like, I really did pour myself into the, the beer side of it. Um, but as far as like my aspirations to start the business, that kind of, that kind of went by the wayside. So um, get your shit together sooner stop, stop fucking around, you know, don't waste five years, just kind of, not that I could have done it too much sooner anyways, but, um, you know, keep your head on straight. Is there like a, is there like a, like a certain, like, like goal, a, um, like a, a microbrewery has like, obviously like you want to get bigger, right. Or, or like, do you like being the microbrewery in, in SD? Like, obviously you probably like, I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, uh, 
is it like if you make a beer like you hope like one of the beers just like goes like absolutely yeah like like a hit almost you know what i'm saying like right 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 okay i I mean that's that's a little bit that's a stone like world domination yep yep um that's a little bit of a loaded question even if you didn't kind of intend it that way but um the so yes i would love i we, we definitely want to get bigger and a lot of that is i know as you grow and get bigger everything gets easier for for me so as we get more employees you know i have less tasks as we uh get larger fermenters and we're, we're just pushing more beer out i get the economy of scale and we're making bigger margins um as we sign on with distribution partners i don't have to do sales and distribution personally or hire a salesperson and that just makes that process easier i mean my fucking goal i want to be sitting on the beach in hawaii in 10 years you know like maybe i, I don't know where where the business will take us then um right. but yeah so i want to get big i want to get bigger for sure but 10 years ago i would have been completely content starting this brewery and staying small because I thought that was niche and fun and cool and like we'll be the cool kids on the block. Uh, reality kind of set in and you're like, oh no, I've got bigger goals for this brand. So that being said though, I do kind of like the gap in between. So mm-hmm. I'm from a restaurant background. Our goal is actually to start a, a brew pub. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've been messing around with the food for the past year or so, basically when, when COVID required breweries to get food we started a catering company on the side and i kind of always had this in the back of my head that we would turn this into a restaurant concept from the beginning um and i i like that concept because it allows us you know you have 16 taps or whatever that allows me to do smaller batches and throw it on tap and just see what people think i don't have to i don't have to do a giant batch and throw it into into you know 500 you know cases of cans and hope we can sell it to a distributor. I can do one off things and be a little more, you know, have a little more fun. It's fucking boring. Like uh, my, my brother has done a lot more production brewing. My, my little brother is going to be our head brewer at the new place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked under me. He's worked at McKellar. He now works for Mason Aleworks in San Marcos mm-hmm. and McKellar at Mason Aleworks, um, very production forward. And that shit is boring. Like you're literally brewing the same beer all the time you're doing the same thing a lot of room for creativity no 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 no. i want to i want to bridge that gap have more have more fun but still be able to make some money as well see everybody take it from an entrepreneur like justin when things like (laughs) pandemics happen you get creative and you start digging deep into that bag and then you figure it out Mm -hmm. see 100 100 that's why we're playing with that we had we had to oh sorry go ahead no go ahead I was, I, I was, I was going to say we, we had, we had to, we absolutely had to, I mean, we would have been so fucked and like, we ran out of money completely. I, you know, put like, not about my, the last of my money, but I put 10 grand into, into the company after I'd already sunk a shit ton of money into it. Mm-hmm. Wasn't expecting this to happen. You know, we were just getting on a roll. I'm expecting to start fucking putting money away for myself and like, all right, we'll get to the next, we had, we had to do it. So Right, you, right. You had to keep the doors open, man. I'm so mm-hmm. glad y'all survived, though, because I was like, the the beer is good. Like, like I said, I I've not tasted one beer from you that I didn't like, but I love the vibe of the little spot. Like, it's so cute. It's like, yeah, it's very like, like I don't know. Like, San Marcos isn't a huge place, but it's not a small place either. But like Stave makes it feel kind of like your little local hometown brewery. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot in that little area, but like I don't know, this is different. Why do I feel like if you want to like, all right? So if you want to be like a like a a brewery who makes it big, I feel like you got to go to SD damn near to make it happen. Kind of like if you want to be like a movie movie star or a, a singer or something, you go to LA. Like, is it just me or is it kind of like San Diego is like the the hub of all of the the best beer and the future best beer and the biggest companies? Hey, man, I'm not I'm not saying other cities are not as good as us, but uh, San Diego is pretty much the fucking shit. 
Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of of really good you know beer cities. So Denver, uh, Portland, Oregon now has been just amazing. Florida is starting to come up a lot, like around Tampa area. Obviously, you know Belgium, Germany, mm. all those you know, all those old world brewing styles. Like you have to respect that shit. But San Diego kind of became the innovator of you know like the West Coast IPA, for instance. And for a long time, we were we were at the top. Now, I mean, we're probably close to even with maybe Denver and some of these other areas. But yeah, San Diego, you know, it's awesome. It's also hard because there's so many breweries. You what's, know, your, that is what what's your personal favorite uh, beer that you make? Oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> right now, the seltzer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, honestly, it changes so much. I, I really love doing, I'll, I'll just give you styles instead. So yeah. Um, like a good bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. So a big like 12, 13 percenter. Um, you get that really nice bourbon character, the, the beautiful oak character, a little bit of tannin from the oak. Um, those beers can just be so beautiful after 14, 16 months in a barrel. Um, our, our specialty though, and like why I started this company was was barrel aged sour beer. And, and by that, I mean, we're, we're actually putting in souring bacteria and wild yeast and i know that might sound weird mm-hmm. but like that's what's in your yogurt stay away from it now no, yes. <laughs> no, no don't do it it's it's super good um i mean that's what's in your yogurt that's what's in your kombucha these are these are live living things we don't do kill it a- active culture what do they call it something like that um for yeah i mean it, it, we, we call it a mixed culture okay. um in in kombucha it's called a scoby a symbiotic um culture of bacteria and yeast mm-hmm. so there's a bunch of different things but yeah that's that's probably at, at my heart uh, sour beer is is just the thing that we do but we've made you know in a year and a half we've done damn near a hundred different beers we're just you know we just fucking flip them constantly See everybody, another reason why beer is actually healthy for you. My uh my, beer, dad, yeah. my dad used to have a shirt that said, Beer is actual proof that God loves us. <laughs> yep. I have I have that sign. I have that sign hanging up at, at my house. That's funny. Man, that's that's yeah. that's awesome. So I, I got I got a question. Since you said this your stout was one of your favorite to make. What does stout go good with? Because I've always wondered that. And it's one of the reasons why I, I drink it very like so often, because I don't know, like, what am I going to have to eat with it? Like I'm one of those guys, like that kind of dictates what kind of beer I want to get. For sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, a hundred percent, that's like a dessert thing, but that's what I'd say first. So make yourself a, a real beer float with a big Imperial stout. That's fucking delicious. Um, other than that, maybe like savory meats, you know, stuff that stuff that kind of matches the intensity, something salted, like a salted um, salted caramel pudding or something would, would go super nice because the salinity uh, kind of balances everything out. Mm. But beer, be, honestly, doing beer pairings is super fun because things that you would never think would work together can totally work. So, you know, I never, I never thought I about what that, that process is like. That sounds like the fun part of the the game like right you get to like sit yeah. down and taste beers and eat it w- eat stuff with it like just to see how it yeah. goes <laughs> yeah we've done it several times recommend <laughs> yep yep i've uh i've probably done five or six different beer and food pairings you know it's actually hard to it's hard to do because you have to you have to make the whole dish mm-hmm. and you know, your, your palate gets fucked up after right. doing, you know, if you have like a six course thing you're trying to do, you can't knock all those six courses out in a day. Yeah. You got to let, you know, so tasting beer can actually, it sounds really fucking fun, but like, <laughs> a, like that's why you wait till the end of the day to taste your barrel aged beers, your, your bourbon barrel aged beers. Cause like b- barrel seven, you're already a little drunk. You know, everything seems like so fun at barrel seven. You're like, hell Yeah. Uh, but in reality, you're drunk and not really doing a good <laughs> job. Really, yeah. Those yeah. Are yeah my favorite, I guess but... judgment is a little different when you've been, uh, been drinking a whole bunch. Everything's good at that point, right? Yep. Yep. It's Dude, all, it's all about your palate too. So have you ever been to Oktoberfest? 
No, I, I want to so bad. I want to so bad. That's got to be a trip you make happen, dream. man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, Oktoberfest is on my bucket list. I'm actually planning a trip with my buddy Amir in 2023. So nice. we're going to make it happen. It's coming. Just got to just gotta wait till I get this next part. Are you going to get the outfits? No, eh, maybe like the lederhosen. <laughs> I don't. Are you going to drink from a boot? Yeah, it's a little tight <laughs> on the gonads. Be, sho- be showing <laughs> Showing way too much, dude. Uh, that, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, Stella. But when you said drink from a boot, it made me think of this uh, one time we were clowning my boy because his first time in Vegas, he ended up ended up at some like Irish pub, and um, he, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but he got so drunk he ended up on a table in a midget took a shot of beer or something like that out of his belly button <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing that, that i could have so ever gross. possibly heard i just think that's hilarious i don't know i'm not even grossed out that, that sounds so like it. Because I think belly button and like lint and like a lot of people don't clean their belly buttons right. And like he's a man, so it's probably hairy. Hold on, Stella. I think you just busted yourself out. You got lint in your belly button? I don't have an any. So no, I don't have lint in my belly button. But um, oh my God, that's disgusting. Hey, he probably hit That's fine. Ugh. Ugh. Literally going to throw up. I see you got the Muhammad Ali and the, the uh, Einstein in the oh, background yeah. there. Is that, is that your actual background or like your actual? No, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm in my I'm in my room right now. Uh, my my homie did the my homie Tony did these, gave them to me a few years back. Is that I like a, a like a symbol of like uh, some of the people you uh, look up to right there? Yeah, a few. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. I I specifically. I mean, he gave me the Muhammad. I told him I wanted an Einstein. He he's done a Hendrix for me. Um, a few others, you know, a little Bob Marley, you know, stuff like that. But he's he's a tattoo artist now. He's fucking killer. No, he. Those are some badass photos in the back. I asked a friend of mine yeah. like years ago to paint me like an abstract Einstein, but that never happened. What's an abstract oh. Einstein? It's just like a like a so my friend's an abstract artist and I wanted an Einstein, but I wanted it like abstract. And I mean I love artists, <laughs> but they're some of the flakiest people in the world. So <laughs> Just, <laughs> Justin's over there feeling the same thing I'm feeling right now. Like we're like, nah. oh, okay, Stella. <laughs> it, it, just, it, it just it was not a great explanation of what abstract is. Well, not gonna- <laughs> okay, so like Picasso, like that's abstract art. You know I know what, what I'm saying. Yeah, he doesn't, yeah. but I know you yeah. know what I'm saying. But... Oh, 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 really? Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, he awesome. didn't ask, so. Oh, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. Hey, hey, Vegas has a has a um, kind of a beer scene. They they've been trying to they've been trying to break into the beer scene a little bit. That's where that's the next spot you gotta bring uh, one of your uh, breweries out this way, man. No, 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 not going to Vegas. Um, <laughs> number one, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. All right. People who are going to Vegas, not always going to get craft beer. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to, that's where I go to party. So I don't, it's not a party if you do it every day. I don't want to ruin Vegas for myself. That's why I wouldn't start, <laughs> I wouldn't start one in Havasu, you know. What about Portland? Maybe Portland. I like I like Cali. I hate Cali's fucking business laws, right. but I like I like California. So when I lived California. in Oregon, and that's like so I lived there for seven years, and so I just moved back here almost two years ago. But like that's obviously I was what like twenty seven when I moved there, and so that's when I'm starting to get into like I was introduced to microbrews, Ninkasi, like Deschutes, yep. and like hot valley and those beers there um and at that time like the time that i lived there portland was actually the microbrew capital of the world like the pacific northwest and so i became like a huge beer brat like one of my favorite beers is a stout uh, a nitro from crux like that shit was delicious or the abyss have you tried that one of course i fucking love the abyss that's like that was like my favorite fucking beer 
Um, so, but stouts are hard. Like one stout, I'm just loopy. I can drink tequila all night long, but if you give me one stout, like that's it. Game over. I'm fucking drunk. Yeah. Like a stout's that it's strong. So different. They're, it's different. They can They can be. I mean, it's also they're, they're so filling. It's they hard are. to you know. That's why I can drink tequila all day is because it's not that filling. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I like Portland. It's got it. I, I remember I, I went for a craft brewers conference one year and that was the year that they had the most breweries per capita in the city of Portland and the most strip clubs per capita. I was, <laughs> yeah, like, I was like super stoked on that. I was like, this is a fucking cool city, man. <laughs> yeah. we, I mean, we ended up hitting like like 12 strip clubs or something on that trip. Yeah, it was Portland's dope. pretty dope. Last Sounds time like I was in yeah. Portland, Dubai, and I went to a strip club too. Me and my cousin Sonia, actually, we were up there just like kind of bar hopping and then we ended up in a strip club. So that was fun. Was it Sassy's? I don't remember what it was called. We were we were on a good one. That's what you're going to say. We us. were the dancers. We were, stumbling, <laughs> we were stumbling through Portland, just like having a, a good old time. Yeah, they had, when we went for a craft brewers conference, they actually had... Um, I forget which company sponsored it, but they had one of the industry parties at Sassy's at this strip club. And I just remember oh. eating this fucking, this like T-bone steak, <laughs> watching strippers. <laughs> all like, all these beer guys are around me. I'm just like, this is not horrible. Like, this is pretty cool. The food at strip clubs has to be decent though, because I it's feel good. oftentimes it doesn't happen men go yeah. there like on their lunch break or whatever like to go eat at a strip club i mean i know it's not just because there's going to be tits right like uh it's like giving you guys an excuse to do no, this like, no man one like, of the one of the best steakhouses in vegas is at a strip club actually believe it or not i think i know what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i haven't been there but i think I've, I've heard of this i've heard of said strip club um yeah, Sassy's actually has fucking fantastic steaks, but I don't think that's the. I think that might be the exception and not the rule. I don't think the gotcha. lunch, the lunch vessel, you know, it, any of these San Diego strip clubs is probably very good. Don't get the wings, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> San Diego strip clubs got to step Pacers. it up. Find me at Pacers tonight. <laughs> Went straight to Pacers. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, man, you end up at the at the steakhouse strip club in Vegas by accident because one of those guys on the strip flicking the cards was like, "Here, here, here, here! You get there for for free limo, free limo." You're like, "All right, fuck it," and you end up eating yeah. like a bomb steak. Like, oops! And then yeah. you get these in your face. Oops. The the only rule my wife has for me is no motorboating, and. I find it hard because I'm a fisherman. No, I'm playing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Excuse me. He's just funny on the fly over there. So, so what are so what are the cities? If if you had to invade some other cities, what where would you go with your brewery? Uh, up the coast, probably up into LA. Work my way up that way. I kind of like I like beach cities now. I've kind of been drawn more towards that. So our next move is actually a coastal city in in San Diego, and then we would probably branch that out, go down south towards San Diego, and then go up north towards San Clemente and up into LA, Orange County. Mm-hmm. I'd love to start a brewery in Hawaii in some at some point. That was like my goal 15 years ago. It was thinking I was going to move out there. I was trying to get a job at Maui for a long time, Maui Brewing. So who knows? Although I think Hawaii is probably more expensive than California. So that sucks. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Hawaii is nuts. Hawaii is really expensive. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like um, people get that island fever thing has got to be real. Like you probably feel like we would freak out, like especially like people from California, like you could just drive so far and, and just yeah. get out of the way and then, when you're in a place like Hawaii, like you could get to the other side in like 30 minutes and you, right. like, you'll probably feel trapped. Yeah. Or like I can go snowboarding, you know, I can right. drive to the desert. I can do a bunch of like different shit. Hawaii, you're kind of stuck with the same shit all the time, but it's beautiful. You know? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to visit there, but I don't think I can live there because I like I'm a claustrophobic person and the, and the idea of being in this little spot surrounded by water and I can't go 
anywhere unless it's on a plane or a boat. that freaks me out yeah, yeah freaks me out just a little bit i want to know who invented beer runs you ever heard of the beer run like when you do like a marathon or maybe not a marathon but like a 5k or whatever and then at the end I, or oh, you drink okay. beer like during the beer run Okay, I thought you were talking about going in and stealing beer. Yeah. Because that's, <laughs> well, that's what a beer was. Oh, I think mean, that's like teenagers <laughs> and broke people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My little brother's done a few of those, I think. Yeah. Um I don't I don't know. I do know of a beer run. I've done one. Um, but it was only uh, a how mile. Did it work because I've actually never done a beer run. We did it around um, around a brewery down in Mira Mesa. So it was a quarter mile around this whole brewery and another building. And then we just, you, you drink a beer, run a quarter mile, pound another pint, run a quarter mile, and do that four times until you get to a mile. And then uh, whoever wins, wins. And I think you just drink beer until you, when, once you're done too, so. That sounds tough, man. That sounds like a- they do. Mar- they do marathons. They do like. Uh, I don't think you drink like a full beer every time, but yeah, they do a bunch of shit like that. I imagine cool. a bunch of middle aged men with beer bellies just throwing up every twenty steps. I don't know why. That's like yeah. my image of it, but it's probably quite the opposite. It's probably all the industry people. That. Like yeah, nobody- it's probably a, a lot of. I mean, you, if you, if you're super slim, you could probably drink more beer than a a big old fat guy, especially if you're running like that. So who knows? I'm sure some people, they could probably actually do a a full blown workout at the gym after drinking. Hey, some people. Yeah. Me me neither. For sure. I'm sure. sure. I know. I know know some people who. Right. I know some people who could smoke weed and then go work out. Like a lot of people do that as like to concentrate on their workout. Oh, he's guilty. Oh, (laughs) is that that like a like an often thing or like every now and then like once in a while once in a, once in a while once in a while and, and the thing with it is if you smoke before you work out you have to break through this fucking threshold otherwise like because you you just want to quit you want to quit you want to quit because you're like fuck I'm, I'm just a little too high for this and then once you get through it you just like focus and it's all good that's how it is for me anyways i don't know if that is for everybody i else. know people who do it because they said it just helps them focus better like on yeah. their workout and like yeah. me like- if I did that, I'd just go to sleep. Yeah, I think I'd have a different. panic attack <laughs> and start fishing See? out in the middle of the gym. Are you one of those paranoid people? Like when you smoke, you get paranoid? I am. Absolutely. Oh. Actually, you know what? I just I just realized. So I'm just going to be uh, super open on this pod today. I I've realized that I have some kind of like sensory thing when I when I like get an overstimulation of like sound and and lights and just everything that like you know has to do with our senses like i actually start having like like an anxiety attack almost right and i and i realize that i think that when i smoke weed the reason why i get like paranoid and start having anxiety attacks is because the weed actually like heightens your senses and i've always wondered like why man why can't i just smoke weed and have a great time like everybody else and do it every day and just just relax and I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I never heard this from like a doctor or nothing like that, but you know, I'm just uh I'm assuming that that might be what it is. Yeah, I I I would agree with that. I think it makes you more it makes you uh conscious of every all the fuck ups you're doing. So it makes you think about all these all this shit that you like, you know, oh fuck, I'm not doing this right, and that kind of gets in your head. Weed's a hell of a drug, man. We we don't mess with you if you're if you're not you know prepared for it for sure. Man, what about like smoking weed in a brewery? Man, California's gotta allow that to happen. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, I don't think that's ever honestly. They're gonna they're gonna fight that till the very end. Like yeah. there's no real mixing weed and beer. I think they're doing um, they're like where you can actually smoke and drink at a brewery. I don't know that that's going to happen. I know Colorado is starting to do some um, weed infused beers and with some oils and stuff mm-hmm. and selling them at dispensaries. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's inevitably, I think most drugs are probably going to be legal. You know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But probably. I mean, I don't know why they don't just do it and just tax that shit. You know what I mean? Like obviously trying to keep it, people from it i think makes them desire it more 
you know what I mean? And like, it, it doesn't stop it from being there. Like it, it's there, Yeah. you know, like yeah. black just, market drugs, right? right? You know, it's killed, freedom, it's man. Yeah. I mean, this shit yeah. was legal at some point. Like if you go back and look at the history, like they, you know, made heroin illegal when like Chinese um, railroad workers were using it after heroin. To, yeah. But they, isn't they that like opi- a downer? Like it's it makes opiate. Yeah. So like these Chinese railroad workers would use this after a day's work, like just like, cause they're fucking tired and shit. And yeah, they chill and same with cocaine. I think that was like, um, like a, like, african-americans or you know black people use that and then um and then they made that illegal and weed was like a a mexican migrant thing and they made that illegal like i i know that i know the story on weed actually it was uh william hurst the guy who has hurst castle up in northern california Mm -hmm. he owned a bunch of like textiles or or like paper company something like that Mm -hmm. and hemp hemp was actually about to replace paper and pretty much like put a big hurt on the wood industry on in general. Yeah. And no, if I'm, if I'm fucking wrong on this, then sorry, <laughs> and, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm rolling just, with it. I'm not going to correct you. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Well, I'll keep going. Um, but yeah, so he basically, that's like reefer madness. They actually, um, that was where they started to come up and with all this propaganda, and eventually made weed illegal or, or got weed to be illegal because he was really just trying to make money for his um, like textile or whatever. So so hemp was going to be the next textile and paper and all this. And it's such a better plant, you know, it grows way faster. Um, It's stronger, all that stuff. So it was interesting, kind of fucked up a little bit, but it's, it's oftentimes a selfish reason that, stuff gets outlawed in general that's kind of thing i've seen some fucking huge marijuana plants before like i'm talking like 10 feet tall thick as fuck like yep oh damn i just said a trigger word fuck (laughs) sorry (laughs) stella i why are you apologizing to me i'm not the one who cares you care more than i i've been trying to be like more like um advertiser friendly but uh oh oh I'm I'm messing this episode up. I always cuss. I'm sorry. No, you probably you guys, you, the only you, one. You've been really good, actually, man. You've been you've been great. They don't. I mean, they don't really care about the f bomb. Like that. They don't. Right. Oh, okay. It's when, it's when I say things like asshole bleaching, or <laughs> like. But you just, are we gonna... Yeah. Okay. I I I really don't. I'm I'm not really worried about being advertiser friendly. Me neither. Because okay. here's why. So it's just fun to say. We did have an episode that wasn't advertiser friendly. But once okay. it hit a certain so. amount of views where they're like, oh shit, like we can make money off of this, they then they made it monetizable. So it's like I feel like at some point all these episodes, regardless of what the fuck we're saying marijuana pedophilia asshole bleaching all now these we're things. surely <laughs> fucked justin <laughs> you know i it, it's at some point it's going to be monetized all right fuck it just gain fuck it just let it all out certain, now <laughs> a certain amount of views you know what i mean isn't this the problem with advertisement and like them telling us what we can and can't say you know they've kind of built this pc for us like it's okay, but they control it. It's their money, you know. They're the ones right. doing it. I mean, it, I'm not relying on it to pay my bills at this point. So, well, yeah, what about you, Justin? Uh, are you are you holding back on who you uh, advertise through, or are you going um, for the bang? What, what do you mean, what do you mean holding back who I advertise through? All right, so like like let's say there's a podcast like ours, right? And you're like, you know what? I want to be a sponsor. And then we mention your company oh, yeah, yeah. of our, our our podcast. And then immediately after we talk about your company and do your ad placement, uh, Stella comes on and says, asshole, bleached, fuck, cunt, cunnilingus. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to pull from the pod or are you still rolling oh, with it? I, I, double, I double the pay. He double all <laughs> of, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm not messing around, man. Come on. We're, yeah. are, 
our brand is like, you know, like we're flipping off the camera. We're doing all types of stuff. I'm cussing in my, in my videos, you know, our brand is very, very edgy is what the uh, social media girl I had last year said. She was like, you guys are edgy. I was like, okay. How did, so, so you say it's stop and now. So stay and excuse me. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I trust me. I've, I've heard it all. Um, it's shut up, Stella. And no. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Stella. <laughs> he doesn't uh, know. He doesn't know. It's a, yeah, I would know. A lot of people don't know. That's it, it's actually like I knew I would get myself into trouble having this name um, because every nobody knows what the hell it is. Um, but basically, a barrel. Everybody knows kind of what a barrel looks like. So if you put a barrel on its end and it's standing kind of upright, the strips that come down the sides, those strips are called staves and that makes up the outside wall of the barrel. So essentially the name stave and nail, um, stave represents the barrel aging process. And then the nail actually, so once we have filled this thing, once it's been aging for like a year, year and a half, um, and this is bourbon barrel beers. This is uh, mixed fermentation sour beers. Pretty much anything you put into a barrel, you can taste like this. But um, at, after, let's say, a year, when we think it's ready to taste, we just drill a hole into the side of it, mm-hmm. pull the drill out, put a cup underneath it, grab what's in there, and then we plug that that hole with a stainless steel nail. And then every time we want to taste, we just take the nail out and put it back in. So stave is barrel aging the nail is blending because that's how we go through the blending process. I don't know why I feel so incredibly mind blown right now. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. It was, yeah, some, some thought went into it. I actually thought of that name in like five minutes in my lawyer's office because the first name I had wasn't going to, wasn't going to go with trademark bullshit, of course. So, you know, I would, I would ask you what was the first name, but it doesn't matter because Steven now is, the motherfucking brewery that's blowing the doors down and getting all the San Diego's <laughs> fucking hype. Hey, I know. I'm, well, I know. Next I w- time I'm out there, I know where I'm going. I, I know. I would. I would have sent you beer. I didn't know you were in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Vegas. Yeah. I was gonna next wear time. my shirt tonight, but I'm uh, a lazy bitch and I didn't fold my laundry, so it's in a pile somewhere. Oh, mine too. I've I, actually worn it on this podcast a couple of times just FYI. oh that's i feel like i've seen that shirt yeah, i think you've I've actually spoke about the brewery a few times I, on the I podcast. Like, went like this and like showed it off oh yeah. that's cool yeah, I, I appreciate it <laughs> i might not do it out loud like all over social media all the time but i've i've definitely thrown it out there yeah yeah, yeah. that's I'm that's a, been a cool i'm a real one I, I appreciate that. That's been a cool thing is just like the support, not only, I mean, it, at first it was like all friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's like, you know, the community is actually starting to starting to give us some real love and, um, you know, gives me good hope for, for the future, for sure. You, it feels like that, li- like your local hometown, like, like yeah. I'm going to ride for this place. Like this is our spot. Like, I feel like San Marcos is just like, people are territorial yeah it's like yeah and so like because you're there and and that's who that community is you know i i want to say we are because i was like raised there but like that it's very like a territorial place and 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 the way that the older cats that like have lived there forever like that's sam marcus like that's like you know what I mean? Like Marcus. even though I hate the fuck I hate when they fucking call it that. Like it's yeah, San Marcos. San Marcos. Come on. Idiots. Yeah, no, that that's uh honestly, I would rather have a small group of like super devoted, like, you know, loyal customers mm-hmm. than a larger group of people who are like Okay, well, what's the next brewery that's hot? You know, like when we really have like we, we've got solid followers who are constantly like reposting shit, who are constantly coming into the tasting room, who are you know just there and and wish you know we're talking about our our plans for the future, and they're just like genuinely like, oh my gosh, I I wish you guys the most luck, and it's like okay, that that's you know that feels like like wholesome and and cool, you know, to have built 
a fan, a fan base or a, a customer base like that. It's cool. Yeah. I feel like when you do something that you really have a passion in, like a, that you're passionate about or whatever, I feel like it's a guaranteed win. And at some point, the results that you want from that particular business or whatever it is that you're doing, like it's it's just like guaranteed to happen. It's just the consistency that really uh, determines what it's going to become. A hundred percent. And consistency, that's that's the the key to everything. I mean, business is hard too. So you have to be passionate about business in general. You know, like if you like my my job, like everybody else on my team, they don't have to worry about all the shit I have to worry about. You know, they're not they're not paying the taxes. They're not, you know, working on QuickBooks. They don't have to, you know, honestly, like the amount of fucking checks I write, it's absurd. And, you know, it's, it's a tough business because there's a lot of cost to it. So you have to be passionate and like want to make that work. But like consistency is so hard because it's like it's tiring. You get, you know, you get frustrated, you get down on yourself and like you let that get to you. You're mm-hmm. fucked. You're absolutely fucked. You have to keep your mind straight. I try not to drink a whole bunch, you know, but it's hard. I'm actually on like a, a couple of days of uh, not drinking yeah. this week. I was gonna ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta take a little. I gotta take a little break because we've got. We, I've, I've got a lot of shit that I need to get done in this next like month or so. So I need to keep a clear head. So, but yeah, you have to. You, you know, you can't just be a wild fucking a, a crazy business owner who's like constantly fucked up. And that's that's somebody who's not going to be successful. That's not consistent. Yeah, it's no not way. Sustainable, like. No. I was gonna ask you about the like drug dealers shouldn't do their own stash. Like, do you? Uh-huh. You, I mean, you have to drink your own stash, right? Because you have to. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No, no, and I, I drink beer. You know what? Beer is actually a uh, post-workout drink. So it's your post-workout <laughs> drink. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, because sugar. It like your your body needs that stuff at that time. So that's glad. like you know you. Yeah, I'm so See, glad you you're... said that, man, because you just made me feel so much better. Because I've done that so many times, and <laughs> I always get made fun of. They're like, "Really? You just went to the gym and then you just yeah. got six pack? Like it's like my protein drink." My... Yeah, okay, but maybe not six beers, just one probably. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. I, 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 I didn't drink six beers. <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, it's like, um, like you shouldn't drink Gatorade, uh, all day, or you shouldn't really even drink Gatorade until you are depleted enough to need Gatorade. Gatorade is fine. If you just ran, you know, a few miles or something, beer is, is also the same. So basically kind of the same things in there, carbohydrates, um, sugar, that sort of thing. Your body just kind of needs those as fuel to, to get. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drink a beer after then. Um, obviously we're tasting um, I, I do a lot of blending, so I'm probably doing blendings at least every other week. And that, you know, that's a solid couple of hours of, of just small sampling. Drink a lot of the seltzer. I drank too much seltzer this past weekend. That's why I'm taking a little break. Is this one going to you know. be available this summer? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're actually, so we've got pink guava, we've got passion fruit, and then I think we're doing a passion fruit orange guava as well, which we did a little pilot of and it tastes really good. Oh, those are my favorite so, flavors. And oh, I'm good. trying to have a hot girl summer, so. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to need some of these stave uh, seltzers. Super Is it a hot I'm, girl I'm summer also, coming up? Well, yeah, I'm trying to have a girl summer. I'm on project uh, get it right, get it tight right now. I told oh, Instagram a couple of weeks ago it's about to be over for these hoes because they just opened up my gym. And then yes. I had Alicia message me. She's like, yes, that's what I'm going to tell people in August. Like, it's about to be over for you hoes. I'm like, yep, that's what it is, man. It's that's over. Good. But, you know. Just make sure you have a, make sure you have a stave and nail beer after the gym because that's the new post-workout drink right there <laughs> yes and i is. got it on record everybody from an actual brewmaster telling <laughs> you all that i've been right all fucking alone <laughs> I'll drop on that he right likes there. his sound effects if you i, lo- I love the sound effects yeah appreciate it I, yeah. <laughs> I like it well justin man this is fucking awesome man we uh definitely appreciate you coming on the side friend slide through and uh sharing 
staving nail with us and letting everybody know what's popping with your brewery over there in San Marcos. Can people order your beer like online or? Yeah, we actually, so we've been so fucking busy lately that uh, we haven't had enough beer to be selling online and it kind of makes it. That's not a bad problem, right? Logistically difficult. They will be soon though. We'll have a, we'll, we're going to redrop our web shop probably in about a month and a half. But yeah, the best way, just uh, stavenailbeer.com. Check us out on Instagram, at stavenailbeer. See our openings. You got to come try our food, try our beer, all that stuff. It's good. Yes. Bur- burgers and beer, anybody? <laughs> burgers and beer. We, we do an uh, Autobata burger. It's out of this world. Uh, uh, Autobata burger? Hold on. We got to talk about that real quick. Like, <laughs> the Autobata burger. So it's like you like slice it off of the, off of the little spinning rack. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, I mean, we, we kind of cook it differently. We, we, we make it in a little, um, I put it in, my, in a, a little convection oven, uh, but it is, it is stacked like that. And then we kind of just slice down the side, a little pineapple on top, but yeah, that on top of a, of a Angus patty and uh, some guacamole and it's fire. Dude, who, who came up with that? Was that your uh, creation right there? Most of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we're doing all types of food, man. We do chicken and waffles on brunch. Um, we that do food looks fire as fuck. Like I was there this I'm missing out big time, Sunday, but I wasn't hungry, but shit yeah, our, our chicken and waffles now, I mean, we, we've been doubling up the chicken portion every opening and we're selling out like in less and less time. It's like, it's kind of crazy. Everybody's going nuts over the chicken and waffles, but yeah, we're, we're messing around with all types of stuff. Most of it's, most of them are like my ideas and then we'll kind of all like look through recipes. And honestly, I'm not like, I'll be completely open with you guys, all this cooking stuff. Like I worked in restaurants. I wasn't a chef, you know, like I was, you know, I was a host and a, and a, a bartender and a manager and like all the front of house stuff. I was a line cook for like six months. I didn't know how to fucking cook. We're looking this shit up on Google and trying to find like good recipes and trying them out. And and if they work, they work. So you gotta, you gotta hustle. You gotta try. You're not gonna, you're not gonna do anything unless you're actually putting a little effort into it and don't be scared to mess up. You know, it's actually really smart of you to like, to, to add the food and then to add like the, the special, special twist that you're doing to the food and everything. And you, you're like really diving into like two different markets because you're getting the, the beer enthusiasts and then if, like foodies like there's a foodie market and that's like a real um, thing like people oh, yeah. love going to the popular food spots and especially when like the food is you know tricked out in special ways and not just like your your average everyday burger like yeah, look i'm going to stave and nail today like oh you're going to get some beer yeah i'm going to get some beer but man that burger with the auto butter on top like that's the uh-huh. one and then they go and look at the instagram or whatever and they see the food and they see the the drizzling barbecue coming down the side or whatever like dude like yeah. just think about it like I'm, my mouth is watering it was it was honestly a revelation when when I started getting the feedback on the food I was kind of like oh shit like we like I did it because California sucks and they enforce that if you want to stay open number one you're outdoors which was fine for us because they gave us this patio space and we made it all sick outside um, but if you want to stay open you have to have food so I was like I, I paid for a food truck for the first. Uh, I think I did two weekends and I, I paid like the first weekend was like $900. So like we had to ring it in through our POS and then I saw so I could see exactly how much they sold. And I, I, the first weekend it was like in two days, it was like 900 bucks in sales. The next weekend was like $1,400 in sales that this food truck was making. And I was like, what the fuck? Like this, I should just this burger. Make that money. <laughs> it, 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 say it again. What are you, what are oh, you I, who said what? No, no, no. I, I was talking to you, Jimmy. Oh, oh, oh! I said like just the burger was bringing in all those sales. Like a food truck. This is a no, yeah. Those were food trucks that we were paying. So I was paying. Other, oh, where? I was paying other people. I was paying other people, and I just realized like, oh man. And then you know that kind of leads in. And you guys mind if I talk about the new space at all? No, 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 no. Let's talk you about time, it. Time, man. Yeah, I'll go into it. So. So yeah, that, that kind of, you know, we always wanted to do food. We all, I always thought, and, and when, once I came up with the name Stave and Nail, my brother, my, I remember this conversation with my brother, my brother was like, the fuck, 
Like that's so dumb or, or like nobody's going to know what that is. He actually was like, what's a stave? And I was like, bro, you've been brewing for two years professionally and you are asking me what a fucking stave is. Anyway, that's a story for another time. When, when normal people ask me what a stave is, I, I give them, you know, I don't give my brother any slack, but he, he thought the name was dumb. I was like, okay, picture this stave and nail as like a nice fancy ish brew pub um, with, with good food and, and beer. So we kind of had that on the back burner the whole time. And then it kind of just worked out, you know? So we, we got to this, this point, we, we, I saw the, I saw how much money other, the food trucks were making. I said, okay, fuck it. Let's do this. We wanted to kind of try this out anyways. I ended up, you know, out of my pocket, just buying $5,000 worth of equipment. We started this catering company, um, got everything set up and, and it was just like a, a slow, slow steamroll. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now you're rolling. Now we kind of under, understand the kitchen efficiencies, um, food costing. Like now we're kind of playing. Okay. You, you have to get your, you have to get your, you have to get in the game to understand how to, how to do a restaurant properly. Cause it's very difficult. And, um, but yeah, that kind of brings me to. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working now on this group pub model. So we're going to go with a full kitchen. We're actually going to get another license and do a full bar. I've got uh, to do a full cocktail program. We'll have our barrel cellar there. We're going to have um, a, a big, a big brew house, which will be nice. Cause I, you know, I miss having all the toys, like I said earlier. And um, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to hit the ground running. So yeah. I'm fucking excited. I'm man. excited. I gotta call it though, man. Like I know that you said that you're not coming to Vegas ever, but like I just had this vision in my head. We were <laughs> talking about Stave and Nell, the the pub and brewery. Dude, like I could see it on the Las Vegas strip, just like a, a just a big ass pub brewery spot with the food and everything, and just people going crazy about it, man. And just on the strip though, like right in the center of the strip, man. I just had this vision. Hey, I, I won't say no. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll never say never. I'll never say never. That's for sure. And then, and then when I, when I go there and I get one of the auto Bada burgers and I see you come out the back, I'm going to say, you motherfucker. I fucking told you so. <laughs> I told you. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Either way, I'll probably be in Vegas. Maybe we can meet that strip club at the stakes. Oh, yes. done. Say no more. I'm already Steaks there mentally. <laughs> <laughs> Little bonding. Oh yeah. Nah, that's Hell how yeah. that's how men bond, uh, Stella. We go to we go Tits to strip clubs. Food. We drink Tits beer. We eat fucking uh-huh. steaks and watch some sports. Watch blackjack. Motorboat yeah. women with big yeah. ass. Fake double D titties. No, I'm just playing, baby. If you're watching this, um, he's not watching. It's fine. <laughs> she knows this guy. What? She knows who she married. Yeah, she does. She does. Um, you know, but uh, I mean, she pops a titty out every once in a while. While he's yeah, podcasting. that's uh, that's became like a thing, Justin. Like in the middle of a uh, podcasting, she'll open the door randomly, like every every other episode, and she'll she'll pop some titties out for me that is awesome that's yeah, hilarious yeah trying to distract you i um i think she's trying to motivate me actually and oh, that's <laughs> it's working me. it's fucking okay, that's actually super sweet yeah i like that yeah what, she yeah. sounds like a, a nice lady yeah yeah gotta gotta spice up the relationship you know a hundred percent and what other way um can a woman show like her support than to just pop titties out randomly i mean that's ladies Absolutely. take notes because uh yeah. guys like random titties they just do yeah that's why hey. nudes exist that's why it's- guys always request nudes from their their chick they're like send me some nudes because i'm at work busting my ass and i like random titties <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome. it's all motivation it's all about motivation uh and so ladies listening to this right now if you want to um motivate justin over here all you got to do is go to stave and now in san marcos and go pop some titties out (laughs) (laughs) pop those titties out girl yeah man thank you so much for uh coming to the slide through justin stay now that's the spot thank you guys just gonna vibe out thank you everybody for listening to the pod 
we'll holler at y'all next episode. Don't hang up, uh, something tells me Justin's coming back on the side friend slide through. Ain't that right, Justin? I think so. I think so. When the space is open. All right, y'all. We'll holler at you. Justin, don't go nowhere. All right. Slide.